Welcome to Cow Fans, a Popped Off production. I'm your host, Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we have just finished an amazing week of Overwatch. But before we get into that, we want to remind you all to please subscribe to our show on YouTube or on your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a review or comment. That helps us to know what you're thinking of our show and how well we're doing and how we can do better. And even though this is just a hobby for us, we don't want to do a bad job at it. So let us know. We're going to jump right into it. We did have some amazing Overwatch this week. It was truly, truly a gift. Yeah, this this weekend was absolutely wild. Um, I watched a lot of Overwatch, and I can only think of like three matches that weren't great, amazing, like... It was a ridiculous weekend of Overwatch. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. And not only was it just a generally good week of Overwatch, it was a pretty fun week of some of the production things. They had some hype videos going on that were pretty neat. They had... Oh gosh, I love the Chinese one with like the drums and the spray paint and stuff. It was very good. And oh gosh. they also, at the end of everything, at the end of our North American finals... They gave us a lovely uh, Marvel-style sideshow post-credit scene <laughs> to tease yep. what's coming in our future. <laughs> it Which, was yeah. fantastic, and if you turn off the stream early, you you truly missed out. You really missed a little treat, and it was nice. <laughs> and I recommend going back and watching that if you have five minutes and just want to see it. It's worth the it's worth the watch. Um, Oh man, Sideshow basically walked through everybody's treasure. screens. And at one point, they actually gave him a dub over with Uber's voice, which was hilarious. Hilarious. And he talked to the graphics guy, and I like it when they inter interact with the graphics guy. Mm -hmm. Oh man, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, but let's be honest, the reason we're here is because of the games. And we are here in Tampa, Florida. Tampa boys, Florida boys, celebrating our Florida mayhem. Got Haller in the new Miami Vice. Got me sitting over here in our classic colors. And this week, the Florida mayhem really did light it up. Oh, wow. Oh, snap. Oh, okay, for our audio listeners... Yep. A candle is lit. That's right. I just lit a candle on stream. Here at Cowl Fans, we are also going to light it up. We have lit it up. And I'm going to bring the mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> For our audio listeners. It's been brought. Howler threw something. I do not know what it was. <laughs> it was an empty water bottle that I just finished before stream, and I actually landed in the trash can. So if I wasn't planning on recycling that, that would have been pretty pro. But, but instead, it's mayhem because you were planning on recycling it. Yes. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. Okay. All right. It's still early in the morning, and I'm still waking up, so I've got to get my hype going. Come on. Holy, what? Right? Florida Mayhem made it to the finals. Nobody was expecting this. If you were, you're crazy. Like, the best Florida Mayhem brackets had us making it to semifinals. 
It's that, true. Like that that was our best case scenario. We had to go through first of all, okay. I want to go back to like yes, we made it to the finals. How did we get there? So you've got me sitting there watching our draw. I'm like, all right, we got second seed. Um what's what's their faces? Picked um who who did the San Francisco shock? Pick? The shock picked um the Defiant, didn't they? No, the Defiant didn't make it that oh, far. Oh sorry. Um, so let's see, let's see. Do, 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 do. San Francisco Shock selected Dallas Fuel. I'm oh, like, that's okay, right. good. I didn't really I was thinking we might select Dallas Fuel, but I was afraid of Decay doing Decay things and not being able to answer it. So okay. I'm like, this is great. So our other two choices are LA Gladiators, Paris, and Atlanta. I think we could beat Gladiators or Paris. It doesn't matter who we pick. GG, easy boys. And then we choose Atlanta. And I'm like, no. And I like literally screamed at the top of my lungs, no. And then like sat in a daze for an hour after we made this selection. Because in my mind, I was like, we, the meta is like Echo hit scan and yes yaki's a really good echo but like considered him maybe probably on par with edison and then up until this weekend bqb really hadn't played a lot of ash right it's true so i was i was nervous <laughs> and they were running double flex support like we couldn't run double flex support and then we just come out and we're like yeah what's up we run brig tracer and then destroy them. Like, I know they took one map, but that was the only map that was close. <laughs> it really was. It really was. So while Howler is panicking, I am hanging out in the Mayhem Discord. And let me tell you, the Mayhem Discord was also in a tizzy. What? <laughs> we may as well have thrown? No! All over the place. And then Albert Yeh gets in there and goes, guys... Nobody in here is going to tell you why. Nobody on the stream is going to tell you why they picked the team that they picked. But trust me, there's a reason we picked them. And let me just throw a shout out to Albert Yeah, because Yeah probably had the best trash talk of the weekend, in my opinion. Mm. Um, yeah. It was it was kind of filthy. It was. Um. It it was all when it was merited. He didn't do any of it. Like, you know hey, I'm showing this false sense of confidence. No, it was, hey, look, we we knew we could do this. Look at this. Mm. Um, and so comes out after the fact, says, yeah, we picked them because in our last time we scrimmed, Atlanta couldn't take a single map off of us. To which half of the Atlanta team, it feels like, came out and was like, dude, you were scrimming our B team. Sugar Free was in there. Like, th that Which makes even... me wonder, how long has it been since we scrimmed them? Sugar Free retired like two months ago. Anyway, continue. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. Or they brought Sugar Free in just for the scrim, like for the B team scrim. Sugar Free already unretired from <laughs> I don't know. Are we already at the stage of Overwatch pros coming back? I knew it would happen, but I figured we were six months to a year out from that. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, anyways, so... They're like, man, who cares about that scrim? You were scrimming our B team. And yet it comes out against every single response. one of the Atlanta teams and go teammates and goes, oh, congratulations, you did one map better than your B team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just 
bringing it, man. Talk about bringing the mayhem. It was brought yeah. by Yeah on Twitter all weekend, and it was super well, it fun. It was brought by Yeah, and then it was brought by Yaki and BQB because. So I feel like we were the least organized in our play when we were playing Atlanta. Or I don't know, it was just because like we were turning around team fights we had no business winning that other the better teams we faced afterwards wouldn't have let us do. But it was just absurd watching Yaki and BQB do the things that they did against the Atlanta Reign. Because, you know, I'm watching it and hype and i'm all right all right well we lost this fight well geez we'll get the next one i'm already looking at what are what's our ult situation then all of a sudden bqb kill yaki kill yaki kill yaki kill and i'm like the like the amount of times those two boys like 2v6 the atlanta rain and then won or like maybe they lost but they did enough that they killed four of them, and then we came back with a four v two with our respawns and just either and and continued to hold the point. It was absurd the things that were happening in that game. I can't remember a time. Um, well, okay, I say that, but Decay had a ridiculous performance this weekend too. But I honestly think. Like, everyone was saying Decay might have been the best individual performance we've seen. I honestly think Yaki's might have been better against Atlanta Rain Because the stuff that that boy was doing on Tracer was, he was a literally a one-man army. He was. And he was sticking nearly half, he was sticking over 40% of his pulse bombs were sticking to people. Yeah. That's, that's insanity. I think it was over 50. I think it was like 52. I thought it was 42... 42 was the crit accuracy of Decay. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure Yaki was over 50. I don't remember, but it was anyway, it was ridiculous. He was and he was getting one and two kills a lot. A lot of times he got some 2Ks that were real significant. And I was nothing but impressed by him. And then yeah. when he was going in and harassing, BQB was doing a job following where he was going and finishing off those kills. Well, what was, yeah, and what was crazy is... um. The, the stat came out, um, I, I think before the finals, they showed the stat card of um, damage per set, damage per 10 per player mm-hmm. for, and not, not even DPS, just per player, period, um, across the May Melee. And BQB was second in damage done. Yaki was 31st. <laughs> yep. So it was just showing that like Yaki was really just cleaning up everything that BQB was doing. So it was just good coordination and shot calling, I'm assuming, and um, from everyone in the team. So I, I think it's it, it's good to note that BQB has a really strong understanding of Ash in particular, um, because another stat that they showed that was really awesome was BQB's dynamite damage with the burn effect which yeah. was astronomically high compared to anybody else he was playing. BQB knew where to throw that dynamite to get it to hit other people and start causing damage all over that enemy team, yep. which made the enemy team panic, and then Yaki was going in and confirming kills off of that a lot of times. It was really, really smart. They were and playing again, really it was, smart. It was like, um, 
Oh, gosh, that one week. I'm trying to remember what team we played. I think it was when we beat Paris. And we just looked absurd when we did it. Like, we crushed Paris. And if you remember, that week was also an Arisa meta. And we just played around Halt so well. Like, every time there was a Halt, um, we would accretion into it and boost. And we shut up, like, so many environmental kills off that. Like, they would get accretion so they couldn't interrupt the boop or do anything about what was about to happen. And Chris would just be like, bye! <laughs> and throw them into the brink, right? Yeah. Um, it, it felt a lot like that. Because I think the reason we were getting so much is we were halting into these TNTs consistently. Um, Gargoyle had insane stats as well, particularly on his Graphitic Flux. I think a lot of it was our halts. Like, Fate yeah. out here looking like 2018 gesture. Just, <laughs> just holding it down and getting it done. Yeah, it was crazy. And one of the things I liked, um, or I found interesting after the match, so all the Atlanta guys came back to either responding to Yaz, Trash Talk, or actually praising um, for the mayhem or saying like, yeah, you know, I have to eat my words. <laughs> so I always appreciate that um, about them. And Baby Bay praised BQB, which was nice of him. Because mm -hmm. um, I think Yaki was getting all the attention. Um, but Sefi, their head coach, also comes onto Twitter and says, just commenting on the match, like we were prepared for them to play Tracer. What we weren't ready for was their brigs mm. and their aggressive brig style and apparently what really threw them off was how aggro chris was playing their the brigitte so i just i just found that interesting that it was really chris's play that that made what they were doing so difficult for them yeah and so florida makes it down this hard road through atlanta through <laughs> through the Philadelphia Fusion, um, which, which was also nuts. a fantastic game. But they were. Well, could we just. I just want to take a second. Not, not even if we're going to discuss the game. Philadelphia Fusion is thirteen and one. They were easily the favorites to win the tournament by most people. If you go back and look at most polls of who was expected to win, I would say sixty percent Fusion, thirty percent Shock, and then like maybe ten percent Paris Eternal. Right, like that. That was your expectations for the yeah. North American May Melee. Um, Philadelphia Fusion were the crazy favorites. And they've only lost once all season. And they've played a lot of good teams. Yep. They've lost once in a very, very, very close map five. We pretty handily beat them. Yeah. We won. We didn't even need to go to map five. We did not. It was like the ridiculousness of what we were able to do against the Philadelphia Fusion. Yaki crushed Carpe on Tracer. He did. And those stats were How not. How many close. times have we seen that in the history of the Overwatch League that Carpe gets just It hasn't happened. Borrow Dogman's word, Mollywopped. On Tracer. It doesn't happen. It's what? So Florida makes it through this insanely difficult road to the finals against yeah. the San Francisco Shock. And, I mean, gosh, what a storyline. The San Francisco Shock um, basically are kings of the Overwatch League right now. Um, yeah. 
make it to the finals in a place where they were not the favorite to win, and that was not the favorite against the Philadelphia Fusion. Florida makes it to the finals where they weren't supposed to make it to the finals at all. No. And and here we are. And you know what? Florida didn't roll over and die. And I think that's the most yeah. important thing about this whole thing. Florida doesn't win this game. Um, Florida loses 4-2, which is that's mm-hmm. a that's a pretty good scoreline. You'll take that. That's it didn't make it to map 7, but it was, you know, well, one okay. one away. We were tra- we were trading with these guys blow for blow. And again, we just went through the Philadelphia Fusion. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like we we had any rest. We had to crush the Philadelphia Fusion, go right into this match, and continue to go blow for blow with the two best teams in the in in North America, yeah. at the very least. Um, and 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 we do. We go blow for blow. They they take a map. We take a map. They take a map. We take a map. And honestly, we were so close to this not being a four-two. Um, we were. Lijon Tower, if Super didn't clutch that as hard as he did, like, that would have been our map. And you, that's those are the sort of plays that separate the best from the people below, right? That's one of the things that makes San Francisco show so great. You have that Super Shatter that, that changes the entire narrative. Um, you have that when San Francisco Shock beat the um, Vancouver Titans for the first time, that Sinatra grab when it was like a 2v6 and everybody just explodes out of nowhere on Blizzard World. Yep. Um, like, it's it's those sorts of hero plays that make the best as good as they are in these close matchups. Obviously, San Francisco Shock, when they're on their, their um, no map lost hairs, is a completely different animal. But normally in these head-to-head, we are the best. It's those sorts of plays. And we got to see those sorts of plays from Mayhem 2, which was impressive. I mean, they they just had that one extra above us. But right before that Super Shatter, that BQB teleport thing, where all of a sudden he goes through the Maywall and, like, gets two kills and comes back. <laughs> was nuts. was us going to map seven with the San Francisco Shock. I honestly, like, that happened. It happened so fast. And I was like, what did I just watch? One of them, and you would never expect it because you would expect him. It's a it's a 4v1. He's going to go back to point and he's going to try to stall out. And then they put the May wall so he can't leave. And then I just like, nobody would think he's going to take the teleporter. He takes the teleporter back. Obviously, the other two players are heading towards point, so they're not looking behind them. Mm-hmm. And he just kills them two people like in a second it was i wish they did a replay actually from bqb's view i'm excited to go back in the replay viewer and see what exactly goes down in those few seconds because you just stare at a teleporter in a wall but it's like (laughs) bewildering because you're just like oh he took the teleporter that's weirder than all of a sudden two names appear in the kill feed and that nearly flips that around and if we steal gardens you know, we're going to map seven with the San Francisco Shock. We were that close to it. Um, the 4-2 story, like, line doesn't even show, I think, how close this map was. Because we were right there on Lijiang Tower. Um, and you need to think about it from this perspective, too. Like, the, that, that last map we had, what was it, map six, was pretty rough for Florida, especially on our attack. 
But at that point, so it was just after 9.30 on the East Coast. Right. Um, Florida started playing around 4.30. We were five hours deep into playing the best teams in the world nonstop. That's true. Like, I really feel like they need to fix the tournament format because best of seven sevens are grueling. And we really should not be playing a best of seven immediately after playing a best of five. Like, yeah, there's a there's a couple things to be said about that probably, and maybe and uh, I'm not sure if we're gonna talk about. I think that's probably something we need to talk about as part of our next week's show. Yeah, because we have a couple weeks of downtime, and uh, and uh, but there's there's basically a couple ways that you could interpret it though, right? Because there are teams that are very um, momentum driven, and a momentum driven team might come off of a win and not be any stronger or any weaker than they ever could be. Because they just came off of a win, and that's going to just drive them into another win. Um, and then you've yeah. got some other teams that are that need that are, let's say, uh, more well balanced in their personal lives, <laughs> and uh, they come off of a win like that. But those wins are exhausting. It's not easy. Yes. And they go the momentum be darned. They tired. So it's uh, uh, we really haven't seen Florida how momentum based Florida is. It didn't seem like they were too momentum based. Every time they lost a map, it didn't really knock them over, um, which is I think a good thing and a good sign that they probably were the latter more well balanced people that needed the rest. But right. we really haven't seen them in these kinds of situations very often, so it's really hard to know. No, yeah, the players have never been in this. Like the franchise has never been in a best of seven ever. We've never come close. To being in this sort of situation before yeah um them as a team have never experienced it um i'm trying to think which of the players have ever experienced a best of seven fate has been in stage finals but it was best of five back then when valiant won right. stage three or whatever, whatever stage four i think we had a stage four finals in the inaugural season and they won that mm. um and I, I think like Yaki and um, Gangnam Jin have experienced a best of seven in contenders. Um, and I'm assuming BQB did as well. The one season that they won when, with his Sombra play. Like, right. What, now, what is it? That's That would have been like the same, like as the inaugural season of Overwatch was starting, that, that finals would have happened. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe they've experienced it, but as this roster of six, they've definitely never done it. And something I remember from the interviews, like when Shock first played the Titans, um, they they commented, because that was their first time experiencing it, how exhausting going through seven maps was yeah. for them. Like, they played tooth and nail, right? Almost to the very end, and then you have that ridiculous Vancouver Titans overtime push, right, where they set the record on Rialto and just crush San Francisco's hopes and dreams yeah. of beating them. Um, that's that's kind of I felt like we hit that Rialto fast time moment. Like we did so good, but five hours of straight Overwatch—it's hard. Like I, I don't care how momentum driven you are, um, you're going you're probably going to hit fatigue, um, especially if the other team, for whatever reason, hasn't hit it yet. And the Shock, you know, this is their bread and butter. 
they've been they've been in these types of high risk long matches a tons of times over the past year right Right. they've been through the fire um so to go up against a team that's this experience in this sort of situation and put up a fight for as long as we did when they got a rest and we didn't they got to watch us a whole extra map see how we were doing that day before we went in um I mean, just just big kudos to the guys. Every every single player on our team had a pop off moment. Uh, like Chris, legitimately looks like one of the best brigs in the league, um, which is a huge redemption arc for that guy because I think almost unanimously, unanimously he was considered the worst player on our team last year, even before we started to do our mid season roster changes and hit stage four like even when like we had our worst players who are no longer on this team he most people considered him to be the worst so like huge redemption story for him um gargoyle had some giant plays particularly on blizzard world against the shock like almost single-handedly finishes off that map for us to get the w um ridiculous plays from that boy fates halt coordination continues to be immaculate that's we i've already talked yaki and dtb up yeah uh, i think this tournament and over the past few weeks since we started going on our tear like you've really got to see yaki's contribution um he's not quite as flashy as an alarm or yeah um, someone like that right a jonak um because he, he's a lot more defensive focused but that boy keeps people alive like it's ridiculous sometimes and like oh they're dead oh they're dead oh they're dead and you just watch that hp bar just hover in like the five percent range and gangnam jin never met lets them die he hits every shot on whatever hero he's playing be it anna be it baptiste right right the dude is crazy and has been honestly like the quiet backbone of why we've been doing so good these past few weeks. I feel like um, not Yaki, uh, Gangnam Jin has really just stepped up and made our players like Yaki immortal to do these ridiculous things. Like that triple shatter from last week never happens if Gangnam Jin isn't just pumping that boy with you. you. Yep. It's just, it's, it's such a good place to see our team. Like every single person has, is popping on all cylinders right now. It's true, and uh, we're talking a lot about Florida mayhem because we're here in Tampa and we love Florida. Yeah, but let's not. Let's and not. A, they're the big surprise. They're right? the big surprise. They're the big surprise. But, Everybody's talking about Florida even being here because no, no one expected it. Right. Exactly. But let's not detract anything. San Francisco Shock really are still. The top of the league right now, I think. Um, yeah. That obviously, we haven't done a lot of inter-regional play between um, the North American and the APAC scene. But mm-hmm. I think I think Shock, Shock are definitely still the best in North America. They have retained that oh, position. Yeah. Um, to not to say anything otherwise would be foolish right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just really amped about where Florida's going and the improvements they're making. So, But speaking of some inter-divisional play... We did have an APAC tournament going on, which yes. needs to be mentioned, and in particular, their finals. So the finals in the APAC tournament were between Seoul Dynasty, kind of a surprise, 
and the Shanghai Dragons. Much less of a surprise. So, the comment... I, I'm gonna do the little the little meta analysis because the meta was a little bit different over in Asia. Right. So we saw a lot of um, Ash Echo and a lot of um, Echo Tracer or Tracer Ash. Like those are probably the three most popular DPS combos. And we saw um, almost exclusively double shield um, outside maps like um, Gibraltar. Gibraltar, where you would run the dive tanks because there's so much, just so much high. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you were BQB, you lost the legs. Um, <laughs> it's true. Fifty three percent of all legs time BQB. Thanks, buddy. What's really interesting is Asia continues. So it was actually pretty similar in Asia, except replace Tracer with Sombra. Mm-hmm. Asia continues to seem to replace Tracer with Sombra. Um, so they played a lot of Sombra Echo, um, or Sombra Ash, and then, or Sombra Widowmaker even on certain points. Um, and then they played a lot more dive tanks. Um, you would see dive tanks on almost every map. Um, it became a little bit more team specific, like Seoul liked to run a lot more double tanks, where like Shanghai would favor a lot more dive. But overall, even watching Seoul, they played a lot more dive than the um, than the North American region like liked to. So it's always interesting to see those sorts of things play out. But bro, this this match, this this final. Oh my goodness! So this is this is one of those overwatch league matches that comes around like once a year we'll see with this new tournament format or whatever if we get more of these but the storylines in this map were just ah, they were just they were it, it was it was so good so shanghai is everybody's favorite going into this match right let's let's craft a little bit so everyone expected shanghai to just dominate but Shanghai starts this tournament and looks a bit shaky. London, London Spitfire takes them to map five. London, I don't, has won one match so far out of the six they've played in the Asia region. And it's only against the Chengdu Hunters on like a Chengdu Hunters bad week, right? Sure. Um, otherwise, not only have they lost, they've been dominated. Even by teams like the Hangzhou Spark, which is probably the next worst in the Asian region, outside Seoul sometimes. <laughs> um, they London has not looked good. Like sure. They have looked like they're your Toronto Defiant, Washington Justice, Vancouver Titans, Houston Outlaws tier of teams. Okay. Um, and then they come out and nearly take Shanghai out of the tournament in the quarterfinals. They're like, oh, maybe Shanghai isn't that good. And Shanghai's like, yeah, no, shut up, and destroys the New York Excelsior. Yep. Just not even close. Meanwhile, Seoul Dynasty on the other side, we're wondering what Seoul we're going to get. Uh, we the got good one. the Seoul that beat the Shanghai Dragons. Um, this Seoul came out, just destroys the Hangzhou Spark. Um, like, 
if you want to talk about bad matches this tournament, easily the worst match of the tournament. Hongo Spark just roll over and die. Not even close. Um, and then Shock go on to play Charge, or char Shock. Uh, Soul goes on to play Charge in a very strange series. At no point does it feel like Soul should be losing, but then all of a sudden you like realize you're on map five and are like, how did how did I get here? <laughs> what happened? Um, but then, yeah, and then you get into the finals, and so the script has flipped again. So you watch day one, and you're like, Soul looks spooky. Dragons look shaky. I don't know about this one, fam. And then you get the semifinals, and the it flips, and it's like, Dragons look insane, and then Soul looks like they're a little shaky today, so I don't know how they're going to go into this match. And then Soul comes out and just destroys the Shanghai Dragons on the first three maps. It just utterly demolishes them. Um, Shanghai Dragons seem to have no answer. They're even playing a little bit more different meta, like a lot more double shield tank um, coming out of Shanghai and a lot more like Ash Tracer, where um, Shanghai are pretty stubborn on the, um, the Sombra Echo. Okay. Oh, they also even play a lot of Torbjorn to try to counter that that double dive. Um, and they just destroy them. Three maps, not even close. It looks like Soul's just going to run away with this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then, Shanghai Dragons. Take a moment. They look deep into themselves and decide that the way they turn this around is to sub in fearless now if you haven't been here for a while fearless is from the shanghai dragons of old that's you, true besides kaguri who i'm pretty sure is just a mascot at this point <laughs> um he's the only remaining member of the original owen 40 shanghai dragons before this year he had never won a match in the Overwatch League. He lost and lost and lost and lost. And then got kicked off the Shanghai Dragons and had to go to contenders, Chinese contenders, for all of 2019. Nobody picks him up. The offseason comes around. Nobody picks him up. And it's not until mid-season this year, Shanghai all of a sudden just picks up Fearless. And so they subbed Fearless in. Not to match what Soul Dynasty are doing, but to double down on the dive that they've been running this whole time. And through Fearless's leadership. Through Fearless's fearless Winston's leadership. Play, yes. <laughs> the Shanghai Dragons pull off, I cannot stress this enough, the first reverse sweep in an overwatch best of four at any sort of high level best of seven first this of four or, or first of four best of seven this has never happened it's there's been reverse sweep sure have they been but they've always been in first of threes best of fives this has never happened in a best best of seven it's never 
I don't think there's ever been a reverse. Oh, there has been a reverse sweep in a finals. The uh, the original London Spitfire versus New York Excelsior, very very first stage stage finals in Overwatch history. Mm. But outside that, literally never happened. Um, and it was just an absurd showing. And I, if you can go back and watch this match, go back and watch this match. But if you don't want to watch the whole thing. Because it's long. Understand that storyline and just it's. I was watching the um the whole stream vod right. So like Guangzhou Charge versus Seoul Dynasty semifinals start at four a.m. until the end of Shanghai Dragons. Um, the Shanghai Dragons versus Seoul match starts before the halfway point of the vod of three matches. <laughs> it was longer than the other two combined. It, it was very um, long. <laughs> it's a very very long match. But if you have some time, definitely do it. But if not, please take half an hour and go watch Junkertown. <laughs> Junkertown kind of encapsulates the whole match. And S S Shanghai kind of dominate Seoul, the three maps before that. That match is tooth and nail between the two teams. Both teams have absolutely absurd moments. Um, and the Shanghai Dragons attack is just the thing of movies like the script is perfect the adversity that they face is insane some of the plays that just come out from the soul dynasty are absurd and then shanghai overcoming what's happening is even more absurd every point is taken in basically overtime um if not i'm pretty sure in overtime every single time against every single odd imaginable mm -hmm. it was it, it, you, you just lose your mind it doesn't you, feel like, like it should have happened it just doesn't feel it like doesn't. it should have been possible it, if you were watching live and didn't know the shanghai dragons win you thought shanghai dragons lost like at every point you're just like there's no way they're finishing junker town and they just every time somehow found a way found the team fight um it's it was it was legitimately some of the best Overwatch, the best Overwatch since like the last time Shanghai Dragons maybe played um, in the finals against the San Francisco Shock, or maybe Titans versus New York was maybe the last really good match in like the winners finals before San Francisco decided they were just gonna kill everybody. <laughs> but man, this was an absolute treat of Overwatch. And then just to have that fearless storyline with it too, that just the 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 boy who couldn't, right? The <laughs> right. our biggest shame, the most losingest team in sports history. It's true. In all of back all of sports history. And and leads the Shanghai Dragons to do to not only win a finals. But in a manner that had never been done before. Uh, and it's just takes the mental fortitude of just of, of someone who is still trying to win after going 0 and 40, right? Like that would break most people, I think, going 0 and 40. Um, Not and him. And keep pushing, get back into the league and pull that off to be subbed in 0 and 3. Don't you remember when 
um uh, i think it was flower was subbed in when um new york was down to their very last map and they subbed in flower and flower just breaks down crying because of the pressure like that's how people respond to this like this is that desperate of a situation that you should be told that you're subbed in and you just want to break down and cry because now you know it's completely on my shoulders to somehow turn around this team and if we lose it's gonna be on me right yeah all the pressure in the world and somehow he he makes the miracle reverse sweep happen for the first time in overwatch overwatch history yeah. not even league just overwatch history it's great in any kind of match that at least matters just absurd absurd storyline these sorts of things only come around once once a year maybe um it's it's just what a treat what yeah. a treat yeah so um in case you haven't heard this from us enough every match this weekend was phenomenal there are almost yes. no bad games um even even the almost. soul versus spark hangzhou yeah even that probably wasn't the worst thing you've ever seen <laughs> I guess you I know mean, it was it was impressive to see Soul lighten up, but it right. was not a good match of Overwatch. Sure, so um, <laughs> almost no, then almost no bad games. Um, like tournaments or don't like tournaments, I think it's hard to argue that there is no place for any tournaments in the Overwatch League. Um, yeah, and um, and and I'm the kind of person who might want to argue that, and I don't think that I can after watching this weekend. Yeah, I mean, they're just. When was the last time we had so much positivity in the Overwatch League community? Yeah, it's been I a long remember. time. It's been so long. And then even in the media, like people who poop on Overwatch, like uh, almost it seems like that's their full-time job. Um, yeah. Ignoring Richard Lewis, who is still being Richard Lewis. I don't know. He's got um, me banned. I, I know. I, I was able to see it because I like clicked on a tweet through Reddit, so it wasn't like through <laughs> my actual oh my Twitter. Gosh. I was able to see his response to something, but like people like Slasher, um, your ESPN esports crew, who usually only like esports that are supported by Riot, um, everyone was coming out and talking about how good this weekend was and how good these games were and how fun watching professional overwatch could be yep. um and it's so nice about this tournament style is that you know it was cool to see that like every team got to play like even vancouver titans versus toronto was able to happen yeah um and like vancouver titans looked better than we expected right um every team except maybe the justice got to have their moment somewhere um, throughout their matches so it was super exciting to watch um, because everything was seated every match was luckily close yeah um, I I do think it helps that we're coming out of hero pools and having this non-hero pools for the first time because mm -hmm. I think good teams weren't able to overly prepare so things were closer than maybe they would have been in times past um, I think if we move away from hero pools, which I do think would be a good thing, just 
listening purely to player feedback, players don't seem to want it. So I don't really care what I think if players don't want it and it's stressing them out. Yeah. I kind of want it gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, so I'm not sure this will happen if like the next tournaments will be as close, but it does give you the best opportunity to have these good matches and having these high stakes does make things more exciting um and you know viewership was up maybe that's because of tokens but i read some like really sweet posts online where people who were just watching because of the tokens ended up falling in love with the overwatch league and they were surprised because all they had heard was negativity around the overwatch league esports scene and they came in and they watched and then it was specifically after that shanghai soul match and they were like that was one of the best matches of sports that I've watched, professional or esports, right? Like, or traditional or esport, right? It was, it was just a fantastic weekend, and it, we've we've only talked about two finals, but you had Boston almost going for an upset, Decay having one of the most absurd clutches we've seen in in Overwatch, and probably the best singular Widowmaker performance. Like, there are so many absurd storylines going out through the weekend. The map six, LA Valiant versus Paris Eternal. Um, it was just such a good weekend of games. Yep. And I watched every single one. Like, normally, you know, I'm skipping things. I was, I watched way too much Overwatch this weekend. Yeah, I uh, I pretty well stayed in my typical lane, and uh, if except for the finals day, um, I happened to be up early on finals day because yeah. of my job, so I had the um, Asian matches on, and then um, I came in to watch Florida later in the day. Um, I, I'm I still pretty well stayed in my. If Florida's not playing today, I'm probably not gonna tune in. And you know but what? You if, watched the. Um... You watched the Valiant Shock match, though, right? I did, just because I it was on. It was on. We put yeah. it on, and we just left it on. But I feel like but, even if Florida isn't playing, people are more likely to tune into a semifinal or final, right? It's it's like, true. What when I watch hockey throughout the year, if it's if Tampa isn't playing, I'm I'm not watching. Like I'm not gonna watch the San Jose Sharks take on the Canucks. Like I don't care. Right. I don't care. Um, but. When the, when the playoffs turn around, maybe I turn into a quarterfinal match here or there. But once you start getting to, like, the semis and then the finals, it's fun. you know, you start tuning in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's basically <laughs> what happened. Thing. That's basically what and happened that's what to me. That's what felt like happened this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a good thing. Um, so just a couple quick things. First off, uh, June tournament is coming in the works. We're going to really talk about that more next week. Um mm-hmm. Another th- There's no Overwatch until June fourteenth. That's not so... true. Oh, okay. Well, that's let's, not okay. true. Let's let's. What do you mean, I... sideshow? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean a couple things. First off, I mean Overwatch League is really supporting their contender scene, which is a great thing, and um, they are putting the contenders semifinals and finals, I believe, or is it just all playoffs? I can't remember. But they're putting the. It seems like all playoffs. But they're putting contenders games on the main Overwatch League channel, which I think is a big W for contenders and should really help them. Um, and go support tier two. You know why not? If you've got the time, um, they're not playing conveniently on the weekends like Overwatch League does. But I might pop in, you know. And I don't yeah, really do that. 
Um, there's you a... might see the July version of the Vancouver Titans. You might. You might. Um, <laughs> there's one other thing that's going on, though. The Florida Mayhem is hosting a Collegiate Florida tournament this week as well. Yep. Which I honestly think is maybe even better for the scene than just contenders outright. Um, yeah. I've mentioned this before. I think a big part of what we need in our infrastructure is the league reaching out to people and connecting to professional players at earlier stages in their lives. Um, We always talk about this wanting this to be a forever league. Um, We Mm. want this league to be a traveling league. That means players have to have those opportunities to travel and be in leagues earlier on in their life to be able to connect to that and understand what kinds of uh, requirements are going to be placed onto them to do this. So I think investing into the collegiate scene is a huge W. I'm really happy to be a Mayhem fan right now with them doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I did see a little bit of an unfortunate that seemed to happen with Tundra and the school he right. represents, which I think is Florida Gulf Coast. Is that Florida Gulf F-I-U. Coast? Oh, it's Florida International. Whatever. Honestly, I feel bad. Sorry, Tundra. I don't know what FIU is. I'm going to look it up. Florida? Yeah, Florida International. International. There it is. I get those two confused a lot. But, um, yeah, that's... That's a big unfortunate, um, but it does look like there are eight teams. I'm not sure if part of that was because they'd already kind of, I, I don't know, I but I do like feel bad about the it. the teams, that, yeah. Yeah. It looks not great, but... Um, I, but I mean, like... But you know what? Investing in the collegiate yeah, scene is good in the like, first place. I went to the University of Tampa. I wouldn't expect my team to be in an event where teams like UCF, USF, UF are going right. to, right? FSU. Right. Um, it's it's part of I don't even know what FIU is. Like and I just saw that it's in Miami, Florida. I never would have guessed that. Mm-hmm. So like I understand it's a collegiate tournament and it sucks that like you were overlooked. So I mean and hopefully more teams will be allowed into the future, but you probably go to the bigger schools first, so like I sort of get it. Yeah, um, it's it's so, weird. It's unfortunate yeah. is really all it really amounts to. It is just really unfortunate. But yeah, but at the end of the day, an investment into collegiate Overwatch, I think, is still a good it's thing. It's a good first step. So, yeah, I, think, I mean, collegiate sports are really good for most of U.S. sports, and I think with the U.S. being so big and us struggling to have a tier two team that competes with like what's in Korea, because Korea is such a small country, right? Yes. Um, I think. We've talked about this before, but we we believe strongly that Collegiate will be the future of Tier 2 Overwatch, and we'll have, you know, schools have the infrastructure to support um, players and support teams to be able to compete against other good teams in um, preferable environments, right? That's right. So, to see Florida kind of getting on board is good. Um, other teams like Boston and New York have been doing it for years, so I'm glad to see New um, Florida be another one of those teams jumping on a jumping on a good thing. Yep, and uh, not that we're sponsored. Go ahead. Oh wait, finish finish your thought. No 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 no. You you finish. I was gonna say, but wait, there is more that's happening this week. Oh gosh. Because for all you old school Overwatch nerds out there, if you're watching this. And you've been watching Overwatch before there was an owl, then you should be excited more than likely for the Lunatic High versus Runaway Show match. 
that is happening on the 31st. So this upcoming Sunday, probably at ungodly times. If you want to, if you didn't wake up for these Asia matches and want to feel that old Apex Finals nostalgia, <laughs> wake your butt up at 4 a.m. and watch some Overwatch in your bed <laughs> when Lunatic High. It's like, and it's all the old faces. You got Miro, you got Zumba, you got Jay Hung. Did got they really? Nito. Yes. I didn't even realize um, that. That's ridiculous. Yes. EJ, um, Heijun is his name. I'm trying to remember everybody else. Like, they're yeah. going to be there. Runaway is like Stitch, Hawksaw. Um, I think they have Bumper. Runner's going to be playing. Like, the gang's all here. It's, gonna be some old school nostalgic overwatch fans are gonna cry i think it's ogn produced like it's gonna be great i get it do you get it i get it awesome awesome okay so that's it that's all of this week's episode next week tune in next week for us to talk about the june tournament what's coming up and um our thoughts about what's coming up because i'm gonna have some who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Please, please, please remember to like us, share us, subscribe to us, whatever it is you do on whatever platform that you're on. We like you, and we want you to like us back, please. Okay? Um, <laughs> follow us on socials. Um, we're at CowlFans, C-O-W-L fans. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And that's that's basically it. Um Big shout out, thank you to our popped off team, popped off fellas. Those guys are great. They're the reason we're able to host our podcast on a platform like we are able to do right now. They also host us on their YouTube channel. Um, they're just awesome fellas, so be sure to check them out. And yeah, that's that. So thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm Alurimore. I'm Alex. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.